Welcome to the Crowdmakers, inside the C-suite of sports and entertainment, the definitive podcast on the inner workings of the business side of professional sports, concerts, and live events. These are the people that are shaping the new landscape of the industry, the executives that are creating the new paradigm for live entertainment. These are the inside conversations you won't hear anywhere else. These are the Crowdmakers. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the digital training network that uses micro-learning and spaced repetition to form new habits of success in sales, service, leadership, and more. Created by sports and entertainment industry experts for the industry. Learn more at ISBI360.com. And now, here's your host for the Crowdmakers, Bill Gertine. Another the Crowdmakers podcast live from the show of the ALSD, and I'm with an old friend here, Dave Wakeman, uh, with Wakeman Consulting, an expert in sales and in training, and a colleague and a friend, I would say. Well, yes, thank you. Uh, we didn't leave anybody out, and you, old makes me sound old. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> Well, I have to put my own age before yours before, <laughs> when I do that, so I don't want to make you do this. But it is great to visit with you here. Just it's because, good to see you. Well, it's great to see you, too. And, and like everyone, we've just not had a chance to see anyone outside of small windows. And it's great to hear that not only are you busy, but you're actually speaking here at the conference at Ticket Summit. Yes, at Ticket Summit, the ALSD. I'm sure they'll loop me into the ECHL at some point. Uh, I think actually the manager of the hotel was like going, could you do a little run through with our uh, customer service staff? So uh, I think I'm going to get hit everybody while I'm in Vegas. Well, Revenue Architects is your yeah. moniker. And you've been a sales trainer and an expert at consulting with sales for quite a while. Right. How have you seen things change over the last couple of years with regard to how people need to sell today versus just a couple of years ago? Well, so... I look at the revenue as the entire process. So it's not just sales. It's the whole process of generating money for, you know, to make it blunt. Sure. Uh, how I've seen things change is I've seen the way people buy change. That's been the biggest thing. Let's talk about that because that's yeah. really important. Obviously, we have two sides in sure. every transaction. Yeah. Talk about that. What's changed? Well, people have become used to buying things a lot faster, a lot more simply. Um, in some cases, without any input from a salesperson. And that has changed the environment for salespeople. And what it has highlighted, at least in my perspective, is it's highlighted the need for better marketing. Because a lot of times the sale is made before the salesperson gets near the sale. So there's room for a salesperson to influence the sale. But a lot of times, if the marketing isn't very good, the salesperson never gets a chance. And so that's just a big difference because I think we've always thought about sales as like having this huge influence on the buying process. And it's changed because of the, the internet, the amount of information, the knowledge people have, um, you know, just personalization. There's just a thousand different reasons that people are changing the way they're buying. But that's been a big change. Well, there's so much that goes into the marketing side. How can sales reps individually control some of that? Because many of much of what they do is that the marketing is out of their control. Right. It's absolutely true. And it's something, actually, if I, I, when I do do training, this is like probably one of the big things I go and talk to people about, is how salespeople can be more strategic. Because strategy is kind of like my, my whole gig uh, these days. And the first thing is like you start out by understanding what you're trying to achieve, right? You need a, a big goal for yourself. You need an ambition. All right, so right. let's talk about what, what sort of a goal do you mean? Well, so 
this is going to sound very um, egocentric, and that's okay because you've known me long enough to go, I have a healthy ego. <laughs> I said when I was telling you the story about how I got started in the secondary market a little bit ago, and the ambition I had was I wanted to be the biggest, best ticket broker in the world. And I don't know if I achieved it, but it, the ambition drove me. And so maybe for a sales rep, they want to, that competition that people feel to be the best salesperson or to be like, have like steal all of the big accounts from like some competitor, because likely people aren't choosing, not choosing your team over another team in town. They're choosing you over something else, you know, set something big so you can aspire to it. Right. That's the first step. Okay. The second step is right. You're going to, you need to know why you're different and better, right? There's two ways in a market that you can position yourself, either for yourself or against the competition. So you need to know what you're selling. Are you selling about what you do best? Or are you selling about why you're better than somebody else? Or are you talking about like, don't go do that garbage, it stinks, right? So you have to position yourself effectively. And then you have to have a really good process, right? You have to know who the buyer is, who's making the buying decision, right? Stop spending so much time on people who can only say no or will only say no, right? You have to be very, very focused on this person can buy this value proposition. Because historically, in sports, it's too much of smile and dial, turn and burn. And I think it burns out kids a lot and people who are in sales because you have you, you start out on a footing where you can't have success because 99 out of 100 people are going to say no so you're not even giving your chance yourself a chance to sell to you know the 10 or 15 percent of the market that really would buy and you may never even discover them because you haven't really done the work of marketing which is segmentation targeting and positioning and sales agents can do that even though that's marketing's job marketing's job well let's talk about that for a minute because now they have something that is in their control within the marketing phase what would you suggest to a rep that says my team or my company won't listen to me when it comes to marketing how can i affect it on my own so when i talk about stp so that's the holy trinity of marketing so segmentation targeting and positioning you can do research all day long on the internet, right, for free. There's primary research, which you do it yourself. There's secondary research, which somebody else has done. 90% of the research I do is secondary. It comes from somebody else. I lovingly steal from them. I credit them for it. Um, I run on with it. You can do that. So you can create these segments in the market for yourself by just going and like going, what are like some of my buyers have in common, right? I can target people who look like the people I have the most success with. Right. Oh, I'm really good at selling the law firms. Great. I'm going to go sell the more law firms. Right? So let's talk about that because yeah. I talk about that as well, okay. where you almost get to know the language of Correct. law firms. Yes. There is a great case from the Marlins, the Miami Marlins. Um, I forget the guy that I talked to about, but they did this thing. I don't know if they still do it, but they call them sprints. And so they would do two week sprints where they would have a launch event and a closing event. And they would focus on, let's say, doctors in South Florida or lawyers, and it was just specifically for that reason. So everything was focused on that one target segment. So they could understand the value that people got. They could understand how to speak the language. They could go use insights that they created to tell me, oh, you know, this is like what other lawyers are saying. This is what other doctors right, are saying. Good. And it really becomes helpful because a lot of times people have the same difficulties, the same challenges. And Unfortunately, all too often we think we have to recreate everything over and over, or we get wed to a script that makes us sound wooden and stiff and like knuckleheads. And so there's a middle ground where it's like going, 
you just get conversant. You get, develop business acumen. You become a little bit wiser, a little bit more of a resource as opposed to a, tool, a blunt force tool that's just trying to wedge people in because you're like going, oh, one of the greatest sales I made. Okay, this is – sorry, I'm cutting you off, Bill. It's all right. Um, you didn't cut me off. I'm letting you roll. Yeah, you go, yeah, yeah, I'm rolling now. Um, it was when I was in the secondary market and a guy called me up on the phone and he wanted to take a new prospect uh, or, or a potential new client to a, a Yankees game. And he goes, I've got a budget of about $100. And so I talked to him like this. I go, well, oh, so it's like a new prospect. Like, oh, man, what is it you guys are going to work on? And, like, he told me all about this. And he goes – Oh, yeah, and it's like going to be like a multi-million dollar deal if we can pull this thing in through. And I go, oh, man, well, I can get you $100 seats, but they're going to be kind of like down the outfield line. But for $225 a ticket, I can get you right behind the dugout. So quickly, I filled his need. He was happier than a, a pig in poop, mm-hmm. right? And I increased my sale from $200 to almost $500, and everybody won. And that, But that's business acumen. That's insights. That's listening and understanding your customer and providing real true value. And it's also being unafraid to ask for the price for something that someone really wants in terms of their outcome, isn't it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So price is an easy objection for people to make. It's usually knee jerk. And what price reflects is the fact that you haven't created enough value for the person in the sales process. Absolutely. You know, that's like marketing 101 thing. But Price is like the most knee-jerk reaction because most of the time it comes down to they don't trust you, they haven't seen the need, or they haven't sensed the urgency. Yeah, it's great. Let's talk a little bit about something you touched on just a few minutes ago, and that's scripting. Yeah. Many new sales reps that come into the business that feel as though they have a little bit of acumen of the world will will say, I don't need a script. I can just riff and do a really good job of riffing and just kind of making things happen. And there are some other companies that require you mm-hmm. to read exactly verbatim what they have given you mm-hmm. in terms of scripting. Yeah. Where do you fall on that spectrum when you do your training? I'm not necessarily wed to a script. I have used them, and I have not used them. So I've, been, I've done both. What I like to do is I like to get people comfortable with understanding what bullet points or what two or three ideas they need to get across are, right? The, the way I set up my own sales calls when I go on a sales call is I set myself a minimum and a maximum result that I need to get across uh, or that I want to achieve. And then I figure out like, what are the two or if I only can get across one or two points, what are they? And so that's the way I approach it now. I mean, it, it's a little bit more diverse than selling tickets, but it, I, I think it works no matter what, you know, what two or three things do you need to get across? Make sure you nail those, right? It's like if you're doing a media appearance or like a podcast, you go, these are the two or three points I want to get across, and you just nail them. A script can be very helpful, though, when you're starting out because as much experience or much knowledge as you think you do, you probably are deficient in a lot of ways because I was. You know, I've been in that seat, and I knew. And so the, the challenge is like going, Actually, let me back that up. The, the, the challenge I try to confront myself with, even today, is to remind myself of how ignorant I am and how little I know so that I remain able to understand the world through the eyes of the customer, through the person I'm trying to help. Because in marketing, there is a term called market orientation. That is a fancy business school term for being able to see the world through the eyes of your customer because the only person's opinion that counts is the customer. 
you know, it doesn't matter what I want, what Bill wants, what anybody selling wants. If the customer doesn't want it, it, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. We're Dave Wakeman of Wakeman Consulting and Revenue Architects. Dave, I want to ask you one last thing if I sure. can. Only because it's as we move into the brave new world, which yep. will be the, the post-pandemic, hopefully, mm -hmm. economy. What advice are you giving people to perhaps not do anymore and to start doing more of okay. going forward? Bill, you've hit me at a good time because this has been, I was telling you before we got on the microphone that the pandemic is going to, it's been awful for everybody. But for me, I have used the time somewhat wisely. How wisely is still to be debated, but <laughs> uh, hopefully wisely. But one thing that I placed a bet on was that people are going to need to be more strategic in the way, oh, sorry. They're going to need to be more strategic in the way that they approach their businesses. And by when I talk about strategy, it's simple. It's like, two answers to two questions that I learned from Roger Martin, who's the greatest strategy teacher in the world. It's where do you compete and how do you win? And so people need to stop running around like chickens with their heads cut off, just, you know, dialing for dollars, uh, you know, smiling and dialing, you know, take a step back before you take a step forward, right? Get an understanding of the market because there have been changes in the market, right? There have been people that, the migration patterns, we don't know if how many of those are true or false. Uh, you know, people have changed jobs. People have changed, had children, you know, just like normal. Normal life has gone on, but we've layered a pandemic on top of it. Right. Trends that were already evident have accelerated or changed. So the first thing I would, if I can only get people to do one thing, I would get them to spend a day taking a step back. Not even a day, an hour or two, taking a step back and looking at the market the way it is now instead of trying to get things to go back to normal. Because the normal that people, a lot of people were dealing with before wasn't that great. Really good stuff. Dave Wakeman of Wakeman Consulting and Revenue Architects here at our ALSD trade show along with Ticket Summit in the ECHL. So grateful to have you here on the Crowdmakers live at the show. Yeah, this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> and it's fun to talk with friends. So we're yeah, so grateful of course. to be here. Let me plug some stuff. Can I plug? Pl go right ahead, please. Oh, How can they reach you? DaveWakeman.com and get my ticket newsletter. It's called TalkingTickets.Substack.com. Every Friday, five stories with analysis and action items that you can use to grow your business, make more sales, become more effective. Thank you for having me on and allowing me to plug, plug, plug. Thanks again, Dave. If you enjoyed the program, please like us, share us with those you know, and hit subscribe on the podcast, and we'll let you know when another new episode is dropped. Your positive comments will help keep the Crowdmakers on the air. We'd be grateful for your five-star review. Got someone you'd like to hear as a guest on the Crowdmakers? Let us know, and we'll do our best to reach out to them. Drop us a note at info at isbi360.com. That's info at isbi360.com. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the first and only digital training network for sports and entertainment professionals. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Our chief engineer of the Crowdmakers is Ken Marinelli. Sean Quinn is our director of operations. Mark Yazowitz is the digital platform guru, and the executive producer of The Crowdmakers is Doug Quinn. I'm Bill Gertine. Until next time, thanks for listening, and so long for now. This is The Crowdmakers on the C-Suite Radio Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.